This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 85 with guest Amy Smith. All links and resources you hear in this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 85. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host. The girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hello, my lady ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the show. As always, I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm very excited for today's guest because this is her third time, I believe, on the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. And she is known around the world as Amy Smith, also known as the Joy Junkie. And she's also known as my very best friend in the entire world. So for those of you that don't know who she is, Amy E. Smith is a certified confidence coach, masterful speaker, and personal empowerment expert. Founder of thejoyjunkie.com, Amy uses her roles as coach, writer, podcaster, and speaker to move individuals to a place of radical personal empowerment and self-love. With acute focus on helping people find their voice, she is highly sought after for her uncommon style of irreverence, wisdom, and humor, and has been a featured expert on Fox 5 News San Diego and Your Tank. So without further ado, here is Amy. Hey there, lady ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am joined today by someone you probably already know about because I mention her all the time on the podcast. And that is my bestie, Mrs. Ms. Ms. I I prefer Ms. (laughs) I prefer Ms. (laughs) But you're back. I think that this is your at least third appearance on the on the podcast. So welcome back. We Thank missed you. you. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm excited to be here. I, any excuse to hang out with you is good. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I'll take that compliment. I will take that gift. Oh, sweet. <laughs> well, and I wanted to have you on. I've been bugging you to come on to talk about something that you talk about a lot on your podcast and, and you know, on your blog and stuff. And that is the art, really. I think it's an art of standing up for yourself uh, I call it without being a jerk face. You say standing up for yourself without being a dick. Yep. And so let's kind of start there. Let's start with the question of why do women tend to not stand up for themselves? Because men seem to have not as much of a problem giving an opinion, setting a boundary. So why do you think women avoid this so much? Well, that's interesting. I've never really thought about the difference, the large difference between male and female. But I will tell you that there's usually two very strong prevailing fallacies that people buy into. And without getting into like the sordid details of how we have become bought into these and they have become our beliefs, oftentimes it's from past conditioning or experiences or childhood. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Messaging that we've, uh, you know, adopted as truth. But we come up with these two notions. And this is what I've seen continuously in the work that I do is people will say, if I stand up for myself, then I am actually being a bitch, that I'm being mean, that you're somehow your character is flawed because you're doing something kind of maliciously, right? Mm -hmm. And the other, so it's, I'm being a bitch, I'm being a dick. It's negative for me to speak up for myself. And then the other is that if I speak up, I'm purposely inflicting pain on someone, Mm -hmm. that I am trying to 
hurt somebody. I am coming from a place of malice. So those are the two things I think people just listening to kind of tap into what is the, what have I made up? Because most of us have that reason. Like I can't speak up for myself or I can't tell my mother-in-law what, that I really don't want her to buy that shit for my house anymore. Or I can't tell my husband how I feel about this sex related issue because I would be hurting him. I would be purposely hurting him. So ask yourself, what do I make up? What, what do I believe is true if I actually speak up for myself, because most of the time it's dismantling that faulty notion. Cause when you, and we'll talk about this as we go today, but that's just simply not true. Um, but I know like, as you, you talk about a lot of stuff with the inner critic, which I always call your inner shit talker, that will be true in your head. So whatever truth you have made up, it remains rock solid truth mm-hmm. until you start questioning it. So that's kind of the first step is looking at what do I make up? What do I make up about giving voice to thoughts, opinions, uh, saying no to people, establishing boundaries, all of that stuff where we put other people's comfort, other people's emotions, feelings way far ahead of our, our own. And I think just kind of starting with that question for yourself mm-hmm. helps you understand what, what you're buying myths? into. Yeah, what are the myths that you're buying into? That's interesting because that also goes right along with what I teach about. I taught a webinar, a free webinar on this a while back, and this is part of the um, the part of the signature program I'm about to teach is these unwanted identities that we all have, that we all carry around. Usually unconsciously, we don't realize that we have them, but they are very prevalent in everyone's life. Like this whole, we have like a list of things of identities and ways we do not want to be seen by other people. So Mm. I think a lot, pretty much everyone listening, it's like as a woman, you know, we don't want to be seen as pushy, crazy, hysterical, um, weak, mean. Yeah. And like, and I think that probably what people make up is like, if I give an opinion that other people aren't going to like, you know, that might be like the unpopular opinion. If I stand up for myself, if I set a boundary that I'm going to be perceived this way by other people, therefore people won't like me. And and I mean, this kind of goes down to biology too. It's like, you don't want to be rejected from the group, from the tribe. If we lived in caveman days, that would mean death. So I think it's like really deep embedded in our brain. Sorry, I was swinging my arms around over here. (laughs) (laughs) Got a little background noise there, Owen. Hit myself in the face with a pen. <laughs> Get into it. But yeah, yeah I, I, these are like deep-seated beliefs that we have. So I love that, that that's the first step is like really like what are you making up? Absolutely. Well, I think I think what you mentioned just now is a huge opportunity for compassion because a lot of times when we – because I work so much with people who are chronic people pleasers, as do you, right? Like perfectionists. Like it's all about how I'm being received. It's all about how other people see me, view me. Ah, oh, what are they going to think? What are they going to think? And if you understand that from an uh, antiquated perspective of who – we were as historical humans, you had to belong. Mm -hmm. You absolutely had to belong in order to survive. And if you didn't, it meant, you know, imminent death. Yeah, exactly. 
And what we don't realize is that even though we're in such more of a, quote, civilized society now, there's a lot of shit that is still with us physiologically. You know, like um, I've mentioned this before. I, I don't know if I've mentioned it on your pod before, but how, you know, how our fingers prune up when mm-hmm. we're when we get, you know, in a water too long, that's actually a primitive response to help us grip slippery surfaces. We don't need that anymore, but our physiological uh, aspect of being able to grip onto things hasn't changed, even though our circumstances have. So even though you don't have to belong to a society so that you can stay alive, so you can self, you know, preserve doesn't mean that we don't still have stuff that is still fueling that desire, fueling that need. So it's a huge place to offer yourself compassion. Like there is a scientific reason. I love science. (laughs) I love science. (laughs) Why you really care about belonging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said that and that you added that on. And you, one of my favorite topics that you talk about is something that you call intention versus reception. So tell us what that means. Yeah. So this what when I formulated this concept, I was kind of like, yes, that's what I've been trying to explain in like paragraphs, right? This is what really You can some, tend to be a little verbose. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. My husband says, You have a certain amount of words that you have to get out in a day. <laughs> He's right. So A lot of times, our greatest pain, I think, when it comes down to speaking up for ourselves and really the the opposite of that, which most of us do, is the people-pleasing aspect. I'm just going to cater to all of these different people so that I'll be liked, so that I'll be accepted, so that I'll be worthy. Whatever you make up is the reason you need to do this. But the problem with that is... All of those various people, your boss, your husband, your kids, your friends, those are all variables. You are the only constant. So we spin our wheels thinking how I am received by my husband, how I'm received by my boss, how I'm received by, I need to make all of those people receive me in a specific way. And one person could think you're amazing. Another person could think that you really didn't handle yourself well, or that you're an asshole or so That's where I think our biggest demise is, is we pay so much attention to how we're received instead of how we intend to show up. So I always love to say the only thing that you can control in those scenarios is your intention, who you intend to be. So instead of placing so much emphasis on how that other person is going to receive you, because guess what? We have no control over that, like none, like none at all. But we try to contort and shift. And maybe if I deliver it this way, that person will love me more or receive it well or whatever. So I think going back to the point set that I talked about, like the fallacies that we buy into, if your intention is to actually inflict pain on somebody or your intention is to be a bitch, then yeah, you should probably feel bad about that. You're, <laughs> right. Like you're being an asshole. Like your intention is- I've had that of- intention before. <laughs> right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And that does happen. 
Uh, I, li- I like to call that taking the low road, you know, when you really like, <laughs> yeah. give yourself a human hall Which pass. Actually, and- at the end of the day, never feels good. Like, you know, when it's all said and done, but yeah. Right. <laughs> We've all been there. But I do, I do think that there's room to take the low road sometimes. I definitely do. Um, we're still human, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that the, uh, the thing that I wanted to really underline here is our intention when we stand up for ourselves is usually not one of malice. We're not trying to inflict pain, yet we act like we are, like we make that up in our head. So if you get really, really clear about my intention, like, okay, my intention in talking to my spouse about this sex-related issue is not to hurt him. My intention is to uh, grow and develop our relationship. My intention is one of love, that I care so much about us that I want to rectify this. And that is what I am responsible for. I am not responsible for how it lands. And that concept alone is so incredibly freeing, but it is very, very hard for us to wrap our heads around because we're conditioned to think that we are responsible mm-hmm. for other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love because you and I have talked about this. I mean, you've walked me through conversations that I've had in my own personal life. And what I love that the question that you always ask is, what do you need to do and what do you need to say to walk away from that situation and be proud of yourself? And I think it's such a simple question to ask yourself, like when you're going to walk into anything with its you know, conversation with your boss, your kids, your parents, your whomever, your partner. Yeah. Well, I usually I'll usually use two questions like this to help me get connected back to who I'm being. Because again, if you're going to have a conversation with your spouse or you're going to have a conversation with your boss or your mom or whoever, you're going to have an ideal situation. You're Mm going to, it would be amazing if your husband was like, yay, I can't wait to work on that. And I'm totally not hurt. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that, that would be ideal. She brought this up. I'm so glad. I can't wait. Or your mom really, you know, landed you. <laughs> really. And she's like, you know what? I just really applaud you for bringing that to me. Most of the time that doesn't necessarily happen. And that's why we don't say anything is because we anticipate the reception. So we say, okay, you must be more important than me. So I'm just going to silence myself because I can't bear for this to be uncomfortable. And, um, so a lot of times what I'll do is, well, let me go back. A lot of times we'll say, okay, if I go into this conversation with somebody, this will be successful as long as he sees it my way, as long as my mom agrees with me, as long as he's willing to work on this, Mm -hmm. as long as they apologize. And we are so invested in the reception and we're invested in shit that we cannot control. And we're attached to that. So then when we have the conversation and it goes awry and your mom screams and yells at you or your husband inflicts guilt or projects on you, then you go, I must not be worthy. I suck. I'm awful. See what happens when I stand up for myself. Instead of looking at in this scenario that could that it takes two to tango, like they're also responsible for who they are. In this scenario, how do I need to behave? How do I need to show up so that I'm really proud of who I am? And for me, it's almost always in how I communicate that information, which for me is enveloped in grace and kindness. 
I feel like grace really speaks to your poise. That's your elegance. That is your eloquence. It's your ability to explain in, in a graceful way. And then your kindness is just being nice, you know, not being an asshole when you're delivering this information. So I always ask myself when I find myself going into a conversation like this, for me, oftentimes it's with my mom where there's, you know, this challenge. I, I'm attached to her. Of course, I have an ideal. I would love it if it landed really well, but I know I have no control over that. So I will ask myself that question that you said, how do I need to show up so that I'm proud of Amy, no matter what, no matter if she loves me, hates me, screams at me, whatever. What does Amy, what is my intention? How can I be proud of me? And another thing, another question I'll ask myself, which is almost like a, just a different iteration is tomorrow morning when I wake up, how do I want to feel about the woman that I was last night during that conversation? And those two things allow me to get connected to me and what I can control because how I am received will always be a variable. And that is the bitch Mm -hmm. that keeps us locked is trying to please all those other variables. It's a rat race. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just want to kind of tag onto that. I know you talk about this too. It's like, it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to be fucking bummed out that things didn't go your way. Those are two different things. Like you're allowed to be upset that things didn't go your way or that you got into an argument or that person turned things around on you or whatever, but it, but you, you still can be proud of how you showed up. That's exactly right. And oftentimes I'll share an anecdote about two different friendships that I had, both situations where I knew I needed to give voice to something in order to take care of me. One time it was received incredibly well. The other time it was not. And the friendship ended. But both times I had done what I call gear up where I had prepared myself and gone, okay, Amy, when you deliver this, how do you want to be? How do you want to show all this stuff that we just talked about? So in both situations, I was able to handle the aftermath without making it mean something about me and my self-worth. So in the situation where it went well, I got to celebrate. Was that with this- me? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I would have told you. <laughs> but we have had those conversations and they've gone We well. have. We have. We totally have. Um, and then in the other situation, which is what you were kind of just mentioning, the friendship ended and I got to mourn and I was sad and I was really depressed. However... The situation sucked. I didn't suck. Mm -hmm. And that is the total difference in how you view who you are. It's the ability to not be loved, not be accepted, and not be destroyed by it. Madonna has an amazing quote that says just that. Power is being told you are not loved and not being destroyed by it. So it's not that you all of a sudden all your conversations are amazing, once you stand up for yourself, it's not that Mm -hmm. it's that you realize that you are really, truly only responsible for who you are, how you are behaving and how you are conducting yourself and and explaining your information. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's all you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Well, and I love too, that you talk about and by the way, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm really happy that you're writing a book about this. <laughs> yes, 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 I am. 
I'm excited. With scripts and everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to tell people what to say because, I mean, yeah. I still come to you all the time. I'm like, help me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's the what I wanted to say is like the gearing up portion of it. And because I know you like to explain, like, you don't walk into these conversations lightly. Like five minutes ago, I decided to have this conversation with, you know, my husband and I'm going to go and do it right now. It's like you spend ample time gearing up, right? I do if it is something that is foreseeable. Um, so there's there's a lot of situations like, for instance, saying no, that you don't necessarily have a ton of time to gear up. You know, mm-hmm. if your boss is like, hey, would you mind just going ahead and working overnight tonight? And you're like, sure. <laughs> you know, like where you. Uh, uh. So with those situations, I always just say, ask for time, like buy yourself some time. Right. Like, you know what? Give me just a second. Or can I think about that? Or how soon do you need an answer? Something like that. But for situations where you know you're going to go into a conversation, um, like I need to broach a topic with my husband, I've got to talk to my boss about something, I need to have a discussion with my children, I need to, uh, moms, like I always think life coaching, because who doesn't have mom issues? Right, everybody. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> now a note from our sponsor. So I think um, if you have some some time to actually prepare yourself, you can start looking at this stuff. And, and it can also be, I've done this before where I'm seriously in the bathroom at a restaurant where I'm going to have dinner with my mom and I'm sitting on the toilet thinking, how do you, when you wake up tomorrow, how do you want to feel about the woman that you are? During the, what do you want to be able to say about your behavior, how you spoke, how you conducted yourself? It has nothing to do with her, right? So I can keep my nose clean. So any little brief moment that you can kind of sift through this a little bit allows you to get connected to what you really want instead of getting sucked up in the vortex of emotion. Because as soon as you go into a conversation with somebody you're attached to, like your husband, and he starts crying or gets upset, or your mom starts throwing guilt trips at you, you want to take on that emotion as yours, and then you get all freaked out and you get swept up into the emotion of it all. So if you are able to prep a little bit, it kind of helps you untangle what is your responsibility and what's not? I have a question that doesn't have anything to do with what we were talking about. Do you know where the term keep your nose clean came from? Is it, does it have to do with cocaine or does that have to do with Yeah, it's a drug right? <laughs> <coughs> I am called Joy Junkie for a reason. <laughs> oh, I, I just started thinking about that when you said, because I've heard you say that expression so many times and I've never thought about it until just now. And I'm like, is that about boogers or is that about cocaine? <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This episode brought to you by the letter Q and Coke. (laughs) No, it's not. I do not condone condone that behavior. Oh, good grief. All right. Don't send hate mail, you guys. (laughs) Jokes. This is a a podcast not for children. You guys know that. (laughs) Moving on. And I have one last question for you before we wrap it up here. So, because we, my ass kickers talk, we talk a lot about the inner critic over here. So how does this topic we've been talking about, about standing up for yourself, tie into what you call the inner shit talker? Yeah. So remember how we were talking about at the very beginning, how we're bought into these 
these lies or these ideas of what it means to speak up for yourself. So you have this, uh, like your beliefs are kind of like the roots of the tree, right? They're kind of fueling everything else and the fruits and the, the leaves and all of that. And then you have the leaves that are actually like your inner conversation, you know, what is happening, the narrative inside your head. So if you've got this belief that if I stand up for myself, then I'm being a total asshole or I'm inflicting pain on somebody, then that is going to be the conversation that happens inside your mind. So it might sound like something similar to what are they going to think of me if I actually say no? What will my, I just, there's no way I could tell my husband this. He'll be so hurt. Um, if I'm not able to stay late my at my job, then my boss is totally going to think I'm a slacker or then I'm not a good employee. And so then you have all this chatter that's happening in your mind that needs to be kind of rerouted. But again, if <laughs> literally rerouted, but if if you don't analyze that actual conversation like we said earlier, it just becomes true. It's just true that you can't let people down. It's just true that you can't say no. It's just, so you have to really look at where is this coming from and then start shifting that narrative in order to attach to a truth that you really do want to believe. Because most of the time when we're attached to that conversation that says, this person has to like you and like, what are they going to think? And you're, you can't hurt your husband that way. And that really doesn't ever feel good. It never is like, yeah, I'm on top of the world. This is really working. This is really working. <laughs> right? So um, that is one of the, a great kind of entry point is just to analyze what that chatter is in in your mind. You know, what's going on? What are the truths that you've created that you can hear yourself saying? Because I'll tell you what, and I'm sure you talk about this all the time, the minute you get out of the head and you actually either say it verbally or you write it down, it automatically starts losing power because we're starting to question it. The only way to change anything that's concrete, a belief that's concrete, is to begin questioning it. And you have to get out of your head in order to do that. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And it's that work... The, I mean, that inner critic work changed my life. I mean, it was like one of the first things that that I did, well, that I kind of found out about when we were in life coach training. I was like, you mean that voice that tells me I'm not good enough? Like, that can be changed? Right. <laughs> I'm not just like embedded in my cells forever and ever and ever? Yes, yeah. for sure. And so yeah. you have actually created a free like mini workshop on that. I do. Yeah. Tell my uh, people all about it so they can run and sign up. Yeah, it's happening next week and you can absolutely get your uh, your seat now. I have two different dates that it's happening and it's called Four Easy Ways to Im- Immediately Silence Your Inner Shit Talker. And it's about this exact concept. Like how do we stop it in its tracks? Like you were saying like, wait a minute, that voice doesn't have to be true. No, we just have to stop it. We have mm-hmm. to recognize it and then create like a new way. And there's some really tangible, easy steps to do that. And uh, it's actually way more uh, accessible than we think. 
no matter how far down the wrong direction you've gone, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can absolutely turn it around. So I would love to have you if you guys go to thejoyjunkie.com slash Andrea. So it's super easy to remember. Um, You can grab your seat and it's going to be on February 17th and 18th. I have a big workbook for you and should be a really good time. Some prizes. Do you have two different times for people to come that works better for them, like a daytime and an evening time? I do. So on the 17th, it's at noon uh, Pacific. And the one on the 18th is at 5 p.m. Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. And if you guys are in, I I think it's in Stitcher too. I don't, I'm so bad at this, but if you, it's all in the show notes. So yourkickasslife.com forward slash 85, you'll find the show notes to Amy's site and that free mini workshop. And you guys should all go over there and sign up because it's always amazing and it's free. You can't beat that. It's, like it's a totally day, free. My mom likes to say. What did she say? <laughs> what did you? Say? <laughs> it's, you, can't, you can't. It's like a sore dick. You can't beat it. <laughs> you know, like horribly inappropriate. Oh my god. That's my poor listeners. <laughs> awesome. I know you've told me that before, but my God, thank you for that. What a gem. You're welcome. Um, and my day is complete. <laughs> and fade to black. So yes, I would love to have you guys. And it's always such a good time. And I'm going to give away some prizes. And prizes. I think it should be good. I'm just excited. I'm always excited to have you here. I think that this is like the least bit of annoying banter that we've done together. Like. <laughs> We were very professional on today's episode. We had lots of content. We did. We did. I, uh, yeah, I'm, like, with total transparency, you guys can't see me right now. I was telling Amy all about it. I got um, a peel, like a glycolic peel. And so, like, my face is in that stage now where it's, like, starting to, like, freeze. And I'm going to have, like, locked jaw pretty soon. <laughs> where you have, it's almost like you have a permanent, like, face mask, like, drying on your face. Like, where you're, like, saran wrap. Yeah. Could you hand me that drink over the oral cook? I can't move my lips. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. So Uh, I'm over here like listening and I'm like, oh my God, it's starting to itch. (laughs) My my husband, when I have a face mask on like that, when I, and I, I'm like, honey, please don't try to make me laugh. And he'll try to make me laugh. So I have to like, I crack the mask on the side. (laughs) And I'm like, you are being a dick. That is a, that's a dick move. Your intention is one of malice. <laughs> right? He needs your book <laughs> to go to your mini workshop. <laughs> the Joy Junkies forward slash Andrea. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. On that note. Yeah. This episode brought to you by the letter Q and <laughs> glycolic peels. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ass kickers. Thank you so much for being here and putting up with us. As always, I will see you next time. And until then, I'll see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.